0: welcome to the stacking slabs podcast join brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right get ebay ready get paypal ready let's be students of the game and stack those slabs What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. It's Friday. Let's go. Hobby hustle is here. Hopefully, you all are crossing that finish line of the week strong, digging in on some sports cards this weekend. There is a lot of activity in sports. How about that? The NFL playoffs are kicking off. You know I got to give some love to my Indianapolis Colts. I am so excited to just see him back in the playoffs. Anything can happen. Who knows what's going to happen, but I am fired up. A lot of good NBA on too. I Pacers got the suns. That's going to be awesome. I've been talking a lot about technology needed to help support the growing infrastructure of the hobby. I'm going to bring on people all throughout the year on The Hobby Hustle to talk about technology, especially if they're starting a damn technology company to support the hobby. That's what I got on this episode today. Eric from Loop, he is got a great background, a background in technology, a background in building communities, and he is applying that skill set to the sports card market with Loop. Excited to share this conversation with you. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button, leave a review, tell a friend, follow me across social channels. Now let's kick it to the conversation. All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Hobby Hustle 2021 edition here. We're in the new year. I am excited to bring on today's guest, Eric Doty, who is the founder of the Loop app. I don't know if you've had the chance to use the Loop app, but it's definitely been something that's in my has been in my Instagram feed and I've seen it in people's stories and talking about it. Um, I've talked a lot about new technology and the hobby and the need for new technology. So excited to have Eric on here to share the story. But without further ado, Eric, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing awesome. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I, I did a little perusing before we jumped on and looked at your, uh, did the LinkedIn background search and just try to get some understanding of your professional background and notice quickly that you've kind of been in the technology space for uh, some time. So do you want to maybe share just like professional background, the, the companies and types of things that you've worked on before Loop?
1: Yeah. So I've been in video games for about 13 years. Um, I have an engineering background, um, but most of my time was spent at two companies. One is Microsoft working on the Xbox platform and then Uh, The other was a startup called Mob Crush. So my time at Xbox was really focused on kind of like community focused consulting within the organization. So a lot of um, engagement. So like, what do the forums look like? What are our public facing APIs? How do we handle those? Um, Working on a little bit of marketing campaigns and all kinds of things like launching Xbox Live in Russia. How do we make sure we like communicate that correctly to that audience? And after launching Xbox One, um, there's not a lot of things you can do beyond (laughs) launching a console. (laughs) Uh, And I was like, all right, well, this is a good time to step away after like seven years and and try something else. So I went in the startup world and ended up at Mob Crush for about five years. And when I was there, um, I worked my way up kind of from a Wearing five hats to really just being the header of product, and the last really big thing I worked on there was uh, live streaming tools with AI baked in. So you'd be streaming, and you could get a kill in Fortnite, and this AI watcher would automatically contextualize what happened on screen, export it as a clip, and allow you to do instant replay, picture in picture. And I was I was also GM on a game server that did that was very profitable. So. I kind of took that back. Sorry, that was way longer than I expected it to be. <laughs> we, uh, I'm basically bringing that uh, background of games and gamification, as well as the live video, over to Loop. And a lot of people on my team have a background in either live video or video games. And I think, you know, as we're all sports fans, most of us collect sports card sports cards in some degree. And it's just a really new way for us to kind of like utilize our skills, and like you said, just bring this new technology to a space that up until you know maybe just a few months ago, really hasn't had a lot of technology built into it
0: no and i I appreciate the background and i the uh, the work you've done on the streaming side, I think anyone who's listening can is sitting there and thinking about all the. Just different ways we stream in the sports card market. Whether it's someone going live on Instagram or YouTube, um, but you know, and I think that the what I've noticed is just uh, someone who's just been in the hobby, and especially on the break side, it just seems like there's no format or formal thing for these card breakers. Now it's some people just go live on every night, every night at nine o'clock on Instagram. Other people use youtube or facebook um how much of like just observing what current breakers were doing went into your thought process as you put your engineering hat on and started building loop
1: yeah so from a from kind of my product manager background a lot of what i like to do is make really complicated things very simple Um, so my first break that i did um, that I bought into was on Instagram. And it was with this great store in LA called Bold Pen LA. And, you know, they have a great setup. They're super engaged. They have a great group of people that keep coming in and buying. And I bought my first box and I realized that I had to go to PayPal to send them the payment. And then I had to know an email address and then I had to come back to the stream. They're like, oh, I sent this payment. Here's my real name. And it was like this whole process that like this could have been five seconds. Why, why are you making me do that? I mean, I, I understand why, because that's the tools that are available to them. And that was that first kind of light bulb moment of, oh, this could be 10 times easier. It, this entire everything from streaming to listing your items in the actual stream and making the purchase, all of that can be simplified. And then the other, other side, which I just know from my time at Bob Crush and, and Xbox, is there are a lot of people that stream already to YouTube and, and Twitch, and they figure it out. There's a ton of tools available to them. But unless you have some idea of how technology and software works, and you're, you're quite savvy with it, or you have someone in your life that is, um, it's very intimidating to get started um, getting the right software, setting up, looking at you know, a bunch of tutorials on, on the right settings, and we were like, hey, what if, at least for now, what if every single stream on Loop was just your phone? Which is, I guess you could say, pretty similar to what Instagram does, but down to everything you need, even eventually down to uh, randomizing teams. What if all of that is just in a single app? So you'll probably, if you download the app and you you keep an eye on us, um, you're going to see a lot of that single lens, like, Everything we do goes to that lens of like, is it simple enough to just make everybody happy on both sides of the business?
0: I love that. And I am a big fan just being a a B2B uh, marketer in the technology space. I'm a big fan of keeping it simple and simplification. And I think everybody out there can relate with that experience where, you know, they're sitting on their recliner and they see a breaker they know. And let's just use bullpen in this case. Shout out bullpen. I know a lot of listeners shop there um but they're going live and you check out the product and they're let's say they're they're ripping um 2020 prism football and you're getting itchy and then you you realize you got to drop out of the stream and you got to go to paypal and pay them and then you got to go jump back in and there's all this disruption so i think just so the listen it's clear for the listeners you're just trying to create a seamless experience in the loop app where all these actions that the users are taking can be done right then and there and there's no jumping back and forth right
1: yeah and i think the simplicity benefits both the buyer and the seller to the point where you know we we have this one uh, father and son who run a shop in virginia called lab 20 and you know they emailed me up one day like hey we'd love to try We've we seen a couple of streams. We have the app. We'd love to try this. And this was maybe like a month after we launched. We only launched on like October 22nd. So about a month after launch, they joined. And their first night, um, they streamed. And they did pretty well. I, I thought they did pretty well. And they emailed me that night. It was like 1am their time. And I think, I think they were on like this breaker high still. And they're like, <laughs> we... Like basically like we've only done it once. We love it. In one night, you know, we had the success that it would normally take us a a week to do on Instagram. And that, that to me was like, okay, I need to put my foot to the floor on the accelerator because that is, that is more than enough validation that we've like taking that simplified idea and just made people happy. So yeah, I think you're going to see, I already kind of said this, but like we have a ton of features on the way. We have like a six month plan of just like a very specific set of features. And all of it is really just kind of like surprise and delight um, and simplify. And, you know, I've, I've worked on enough technology and knowing like simplification is is hard.
0: <laughs> like it it really is. Yeah. And I know like now it seems like just in the hobby in general, breaking or anything aside, like what, what's happening are, you know, vendors or, uh, the users, everyone is using band aid solutions here and there and things that aren't necessarily made for what they're, um, using them for to get their stuff done. And it works and it's fine, but there's disruption. I mean, you can't go to a, past a break and or be a part of a break in the hobby without someone going to random.org and doing the randomizer thing. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think what excites me about what you're doing is just having building something that's specifically for the sports card market and the sports card space and um, for breaking because I think anyone listening knows how much fun they've had with breaks and how much opportunity there is.
1: Yeah. And I think it's worth mentioning that we have we have a couple people that do singles, like they just sell single cards. Um, Basketball card guy from Instagram, probably the biggest that does singles on loop. And I think it's just worth mentioning the last bit is I think another value we bring is we vet all of the breakers that come on the service. Like you can't just download it and immediately go live um, because I don't want somebody coming on, selling $3,000 worth of cards and then bolting and never shipping them. So we vet from that side, and then also all payment is upfront immediate, so there's no break, and then going, "Oh well, I'll pay you in a couple of days like we we kind of protect both the buyer and seller um because i I think everybody in this this hobby has a horror story of of a bad break, like someone they took a chance on, or like they sold a card, and then suddenly there's a refund that they didn't expect so we're we're trying to solve all those issues as well
0: how much of that issue on the um buyer and seller protection have have you been spending your time on i know you know it's not the flashiest topic but i know you know there are people every day posting on instagram an account specifically dedicated to scammers and things that are happening in the market and i think as the market continues to expand and it, and new people enter, obviously there's always going to be people that come in and try to take advantage of others. So maybe talk me through like your your thought process and things that Loop has done in order to build protection for both groups.
1: Yeah. So from from buyers, um, for now you have to have a pre existing channel that I can I can check out that you if there's Anyone in the community that can speak on your behalf that I know that definitely helps. Um, and then we give you a chance, like you know, I I bring you in and I basically buy a one dollar test item from you and just make sure everything's cool that you you have good product that you have good presentation. Uh, a lot of things I hopefully would be able to see looking at your previous streams. And you know, every time you ship a product, you can you can put the tracking info directly into Loop so. The moment it's it, the shipping label is created, the buyer can see the item that they bought in their purchase section. They can tap a button, and they can actually see like where that that is. Now that's great, except for like the three weeks around Christmas. <laughs> um, it's I don't know the north the northeast, especially around New York, was brutal for USPS US shipping delays. Um, from the and then the last bit there is we do have a basic level of built-in fraud detection. So we get we get flagged if we see anybody that's doing anything that's like potentially risky with their payment or if it's coming from a source that that is known as risky. Um, And that's through a partnership we have with a with a payment processor. And on the on the buyer side, like I said, we bet everyone um, if if there's any need for a refund, I personally do it. Um, we have, we get emails occasionally of just like, Hey, it got lost or, you know, I can verify that it got lost. I'm like, okay, we, we refund you and we do it on behalf of the breaker. Um, and because we're this kind of like middleman that if you do a charge back loop has to deal with it, not, not the, the breaker. Um, and then if there's any issues with the buyers, let's say, God forbid of breakers scamming people. I can turn around and go, cool, you are not allowed on the platform. And I'll know if you come back and try to sell, um, which I think is something that a lot of platforms don't handle well. And it's something that we're going to have, you know, we're going to have to grow that as we scale. But right now, you know, it's really easy to do to like protect both sides. And I currently do breaks um, as well as sell singles. And then I also buy a lot of cards. So you know, I try to think of like as a buyer, what would the ideal platform look like for me to feel safe spending a lot of money and that's that's what we try to do.
0: I love that. Um, maybe I, we can get into the singles conversation because I didn't necessarily realize that was something you helped facilitate, but I know that there's so much competition with eBay and people going to com C and people trying to grab cards and get ahead of other people trying to grab cards star stock you name it um but it's it's always good to know that there's another option out there um to go on a platform that someone else might not have seen or been to yet and buy some cards that are maybe rare and scarce that other people are looking for so how much time are, are you spending in terms of just building awareness to breakers obviously uh Building awareness to users, but then people that can also sell um, cards on your platform. Talk to me about just like the different streams of kind of marketing you're doing to those groups.
1: Yeah. So right now, I mean, we only launched in late October. So it's been sorry if you hear my dog.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not the first dog on Stacking Slabs. Um, all good. <laughs> it's it's late
1: afternoon. She's got the she's got all the energy in the world right now. So yeah, we just launched. So our first couple months were really just validating that we were doing the right thing. We didn't do anything too big on marketing or user acquisition. We did little tests here and there. Um, Facebook was like a wealth of information for us, kind of nailing down who our first set of ideal users are. And then we did basically... Honestly, like podcasts have been the best place because it's people that generally listen to hobby podcasts are, they're already buying, they're super engaged, they're knowledgeable of what they like collecting. And, you know, I think that's our, that's our best first wave of user. Um, me going out and getting a bunch of people who just are aware of tops and Panini may not be the best customer right now because we're, we do such a like, specific thing. Like we expect you to watch a stream <laughs> and engage in chat <laughs> and buy a box and then watch somebody else open that box on your behalf. And there's there's a huge market for that, but there's also a big part of the extended market or hobby that doesn't necessarily understand that yet. And I think that's going to be one of our big goals in, in the first quarter is um, let's keep engaging the core hobbyists. Um, and those that are constantly buying and selling, but also just how do I go educate somebody who's never seen a break before and go, hey, this is actually really cool, and you know, help walk them through why it's really cool. And as well as like, you know, as you're finding a lot of times, if you're looking for a specific product, sometimes breaks are the only way to get that product or get that product in a way that's more cost manageable to you. Like, Maybe I don't want to buy a thousand dollar box, but I can buy a team and you know walking them through that. So I think we're going to have a ton of owned chant like our own social, our own blog, things that we do in the app, as well as I think as we start signing more partners, we're going to we're going to use them in ways to like help educate. It's fun it's a really fun challenge. i'm I'm not saying that I'm not saying that it's it's easy in any way. I think it's going to be a, a big fun challenge for us but um i love i love sports cards i love talking about sports cards so i think you know the next next three months are going to be a fun challenge
0: yeah and i i'm just so fascinated by just you talking through that and it all makes sense to me especially you saying hey by getting up on this podcast and talking about it it's probably the best marketing we do because the people on the other side are engaged and the ones more likely to want to use a new piece of technology to buy into breaks or list cards. And I think that makes a ton of sense, man. It, it just amazes me like week over week, the amount of people who not only listen to this show, but take it one step further and message me about what they heard, um, what they what they think about the opinions, uh, what a guest said. And so I think that's right. I think, I love how you're thinking about it because like there are so many different segments within the hobby from people who just walked in the door who are trying to figure it out to the most mature and sophisticated and engaged users. And that's the part that fascinates me so much is just the diversity of people in this hobby and what they're all looking for. But I I guess I'm curious just in terms of like, big bets you might be making with uh the the software and then i then i want to talk about you know you and cards personally after this but like what's kind of a big bet going into 2021 that you and the loop team are are looking at or making
1: yeah so the big bets up front are the fact that people want a unified break experience um that you know we're gonna serve team so right now we're doing personals mostly and then team and team slash group breaks, and then singles. And I think from there um, you're going to see an interesting content play from us. And um, then you know the the full we're like one part of the hobby right now. And I think our big bet you're going to see over the next twelve months is that's really cool, and I think we can optimize and grow that and provide a ton of value to people. But I think if it's like if it's dead in the center of our goals, I think there's surrounding circles that we can expand to. Of like, okay, do we do more with content and education and anticipation? Do we do more with single sales or sales? Um, how do we build a better way for um, community members to talk to each other as well as the sellers? And you know, I think right now it's very transactional, and and I'm me personally, I'm okay with that. I like just getting in and getting out, but I do, I mean, coming from community, coming from a platform with like tens of millions of users, um, I know the value of community and I know the value of personas. So you are probably a very different collector than me. And, and there are probably six or seven different personas in this hobby of people that just you know, shoe collectors that like came in and they're just trying to flip. And then you got the people that have collected baseball nonstop since the 80s, and they've still been collecting. And now all, the, all of a sudden they're grumbling with all these these new people <laughs> that just came in in the last year or two. So I think um, something important for us is making sure that we offer something for everyone and that no one feels um, alienated. And then that's like the worst feeling on any platform is when you go in and you're like, Wow, I see all these people having fun, but it's not for me. And I think that's that's something I really want to avoid. Not uh, not even from a business like business owner perspective, but just as like somebody that really cares about the hobby. I, I don't want anybody to feel like that.
0: Yeah, no, I am the same way in terms of alienation. And I I believe there's a place for everything. And the thing that I've been harping on is that I just I think that so much that goes on and go and is published and is gets pushed to the market is just like it's kind of like a batch and blast for everybody who collects or trades or flips or sells or invests in sports cards but like at the end of the day like like you mentioned there's so many different interests and so many different persona types and just listening to you answer that question that excites me because i do believe like Technology needs to be suited and pointed at these different interests because the the they're so vast and they vary um, from person to person in this market so that's super exciting and I guess one more question on technology outside of loop before we get into just your own personal collecting wh- where else do you see opportunities to innovate in your observations in the sports card market like where where do you see the the biggest Chances for technology to kind of move in and make things better.
1: Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to give away too much of our roadmap. <laughs> we, we, honestly, we have plans for about two years out of, you know, if, you know, things always change with startups, but you know, if things go well, this is kind of like the king order. quarter. um, so I would say the where we need to do better, and I think we can do better than anybody else, is how do we educate people about both their current collection and cards that we think they should, or cards that we think they would be interested in. And then once we get to that, what is the next logical step? And then beyond that, what's the next step? So going back to my time at Xbox, we... I mean, it's one of the smartest teams I've ever worked on is, you know, it's a game system. It's meant to be fun, but, you know, it's also a business. And, you know, let's say you buy an Xbox and you bought Halo. Great, you're playing Halo. Well, you need the subscription to play online. So how do we get you on a subscription? Well, now that you're online, how do we get you to buy the DLC map? And now that you have that, how do we get you to add more friends and then add Netflix and then buy more games. And you know, it sounds, coming from the outside, if you don't work in marketing or, or sales, like, like, oh my God, that sounds evil. But that is literally every single business in existence. So I think that's, I try to look at that experience and go, okay, how do I take you from nothing to a fun experience? And then how do I take you to the next fun experience? Um, to the point that by the time you get to the end of it, you go, wow, Loop has like, completely innovated my entire collecting experience and not only has connected me to more people, but made it faster and more fun and, you know, innovative. And I think that's, I'm not going to give away all of our all of our sure. uh, feature secrets, but just know that that's the lens we look through when we build is like, how do we just get you to the next thing that makes you happy?
0: Uh, no, to- I totally see it and uh, appreciate what you did give and just that experience. And thinking about that example of the Halo user, I, I as you were describing it, I was thinking about what's possible with sports cards and the hobby in general. So very, very cool. So let's talk a, for a little bit about just your your own personal collecting. Like we talked about personas, Wh- how where would you fit? Like what it, what are you passionate about? What type of persona would you kind of put yourself into?
1: Yeah, so I mean, I'm I'm basically I'm a blend. So like, and that's the trouble with with when you run a business is all of my money was. Go- I mean, for a long time we were bootstraps. All of my money was going into the this business, including selling all of my cards. So I'm starting with like a pretty modest collection right now. Um, so my my goal as a collector is to slowly add slabs of players that i really like so i want the michael jordan upper deck baseball card like the promotion card psa 10. i want the bo jackson score was it 1990 where he's just got like the pads and yeah. that? um i like weird things like the uh nike did a collaboration with spike lee where they made six posters with Michael Jordan. And then they made six actual cards based on those designs. And they came in like this really cool little pack. Um, so I collect those. <laughs> I feel like I'm cornering the market. on just like buying as many of those as I can. Yeah. Um, and then on the flip side, you know, I flip a lot of just basketball. I think a lot of people do. It's a hot, hot card right now, you know, looking at, you know, oh, I pulled a Zion. Cool. Do I sell it raw or do I get it graded and then flip it? Because I don't think I personally want to hold a Zion card forever. Probably I'm going to regret that probably in 10 years. But yeah, I'm kind of a blend. And, you know, I talked to, I have a a friend that works on the team and he just collects hockey. And it's so weird to me because he's the only person I know that collects hockey. And he's like, oh yeah, like, you know this this rookie is going to be huge because he just got upgraded to the starting lineup and he plays with this star who's like five years into his career and he's like he's going to blow up because this guy's already so good and he just like hoards all the hockey cards. He's like the opposite of me where I'm like very careful and like flip the ones I don't want. He's just like give me all the hockey cards. Great.
0: Yeah, it's it's amazing. Every and that's why I think it's a special hobby we're in. Right? There's different avenues and different passions for everyone. I've got people that listen to this show that are super into hockey and I don't talk about it and super into soccer and I don't talk about it, but they're constantly like educating me on like what I should know. And I just think that's fun. And it, everyone's it's the opportunity for everyone's passion to, passion to really come out. Uh, maybe we can close with this. I've been preaching a lot about People getting in the game, and if they've got ideas, making it happen and building companies that are going to solve problems in the hobby if they're seeing it. What, I guess, what advice, since this is some, you're someone who is actively doing it, what advice do you have to anyone who's out there right now who's kind of mulling over an idea on building a piece of technology that they think could help benefit the greater good of the hobby? Yeah.
1: So a couple of things that I, I learned is there are way more companies than you think doing things in this space. Um, one of, one of my original ideas was, Hey, what about a stock market graph? And then once I did research, I was like, Oh, there's like 10 companies in <laughs> right now um, of like varying degrees of features. And then, you know, what about eBay and comp C and now you have things like uh, star stock lab stock is the name of it. a couple that do similar things where you list or you ship it off to them and they they handle everything for you and for me it was very much okay i need to stop and really evaluate like what is my strength what are my strengths what is what are the skills and the tech that i know okay how can i bring you know gamification on live video and that's ultimately what brought around loop so i would say Really evaluate what your strengths are. And if you were going to say, this is my big bet, I can do this better than anybody else based on my background, that's what you should be focusing on. Um, Because like I said, once I did the research, there's a lot of smart people doing really cool things in this space in different areas. So focus on what you can do better than anybody else. And the other bit is just money. I had run a company before with, with, a few employees that worked under me and, but we were part of a, we had a parent company basically that like paid the bills and made things pretty easy for us on top of us being fairly profitable. So stepping out and founding my own company and hiring people on contract, you realize just how expensive things get or like, oh, this month we had way more people stream for way longer than we anticipated. Oh, our bandwidth costs are double what we anticipated not all that stuff takes money. So if you're going to do it, I would say if you're a big collector, sell some of those cards and and put some money away and really just go in knowing that you're going to have to pay developers. I mean, you should happily, like they're, they're helping you get your business off the ground. But too many times I hear, you know, people that are new to starting companies, they just expect people to do things for free for exposure or like a reward later on. And it's like, no, like, those people make sure they're happy because eventually if you blow up you're going to want to hire them on full-time that's ultimately what i'm doing right now with we have five contractors who i'm bringing all uh full-time salaried employees which is kind of like i've been doing this for a year i quit i quit my job in january to start loop and then we had some evolution and you know working through things and research so to be at this point a year later almost uh, two days of the year on the sixth. There'd be one I gave notice to leave my last job. Whoever you start working with will probably follow you as this company grows. So just again, money and making sure people are happy and that they, you know, they want to stay as invested as you are.
0: That is awesome advice, and I love how your superpower is in games and gamifying the experience now. And I'll be looking at that every time I. Uh, check out Loop. Uh, Eric, before you go, where can people find you and find Loop?
1: Yeah, so Loop is at Loop the App. Um, that's our handle on Instagram, Twitter, I think Facebook. And then looptheapp.com uh, is where you can find us. To, you know, We just have an image with like a download button. Um, and you'll probably see in two weeks a whole new website because we're... <laughs> That first website is something I put together months ago, and we're finally getting around to to doing it. But Loop, the app, is if you put that in anywhere, you'll find us. And then if you search Loop, L-O-U-P-E on iOS, uh, we're the first result. And for those of you on Android, before you yell at me, um, (laughs) we do expect to have the app released on Android in February. Um, We've done a bunch of work, but we're currently hiring an Android developer uh, I'll even use this as recruitment. If you're an Android <laughs> developer in the, in the sports card ho- hobby and you're looking for a new gig, uh, reach out to me. I'm, we're looking to hire as soon as possible.
0: Yes. And once you do reach out to Eric, just make sure you use the Stacking Slabs code so I can get my referral fee off of that. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, thanks so much, man. This was awesome. I love to learn about your story and what you're up to. Everyone go check out Luke. All right, Thank you so much. Man, you learned something new after each and every one of those conversations. I didn't know you could buy singles on Loop. I'm going to definitely go check that out. Hopefully, you learned something. Go give Loop a follow. Go download the app. If you like what you heard, hit the subscribe button on Stacking Slabs. What are you doing? Take care of yourself. Take care of your loved ones. And most importantly, enjoy the weekend. Be safe. Go Colts. I'll talk to you next week.